0: Take honor in my praise Take honor in my life, Lord It's all for you Take honor in my So... Cause I need you to know that it's all, it's all for you. Take honor in my word.
1: evening to you all our dear listeners, what a Sunday, a beautiful Sunday evening and it's G24 Radio, of course your number one radio, digital channel that is here to inspire you and just put a smile onto your face. We're just here for you. Those are beautiful sons of Baker Fox, take honor. We are here because of Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to g 24 Radio London and especially at this time on my story, Your Story with Caroline Ruth, which is every Sunday at 9pm. We are here. I have missed you. I've I've really missed you, our dear listeners, but we're here and today we have, I mean, our guest is amazing. You're going to be especially the teenagers out there, you're not going to remain the same. But yeah, before we go into that, once again, it's my story, your story with Carolyn Ruth. And of course, it's brought to you by Recruitment, Reinforced Recruitment Limited. who They offer recruitment of local and international healthcare workers to the United Kingdom, Poland, Slovakia, Bulgaria, Lithuania, Germany, and also do student recruitment to the United Kingdom. So if you um, want to get in touch with them, their um, the email address is info at reinforcerecruit.com Then their telephone number is 20 8050 Then you can also uh, WhatsApp them on their mobile number, which is 07422 514031. Then you can also visit their website which is www.reinforcerecruit.com Don't miss out on this opportunity. You never know. It will be it can be your prayer answered. So if you have relatives, you have I mean uh children, people who can come here and do work, just get in touch with reinforce recruitment limited. Honestly, you won't miss out. I mean you will not regret. And in case you, you're confused about everything, you just get in touch with us, G24 Radio London, our, via our social media handles that is Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and um, I'll, I'll give you our WhatsApp number. You can also get in touch with us, which is 07760587103. Once again, welcome. Um, this is the, I mean, it's the best time, it's the best moment to relax on my story A story with Caroline Roth and we always bring to you amazing guests with powerful journeys that have not left you the same and today is even more, we have a very beautiful young lady in the house hey. and her name is called Sobe, which is hope <laughs> in English, so I know so your hope is here in the house. Mm-hmm. So just do one thing. Stay tuned. Don't even get distracted or go anywhere. But <laughs> just stay tuned. If it was your birthday. Of it's
0: awful.
1: Yes, I was still telling you. Yeah, you can hear my voice. It's beautiful though. But I'm not I've been down with a cold. Hmm. My listeners, thank you for your prayers. I know you're you're praying for me, those who go to know that I was down. I was down with a cold, fever, everything. But we thank the Lord that we are here to minister and we're here to 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 bring all these amazing things to you. So you, I beg your pardon. In case you may feel like the voice is not coming out well, you just bear with me. But of course, you won't be disappointed because the grace of God is at work. Yeah. Once again, we have, um, just like I told you, those who have just tuned in. It's my story, story, which is brought to you by Reinforce Recruitment Limited. And <coughs> pardon me. So yeah, we have a very beautiful young lady. And she loves traveling. If you love traveling, <laughs> you just get in touch with her. <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. And she's done marketing. Mm. Yeah, we'll get to know more about her. So she's going to say hello to you. And um, yeah, meanwhile, you can share. I mean, those who um, share with your friends and families, let them get tuned and listening to my story story right now. So, yes, we. Hello. You are welcome to g 24 in London. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming to my story, your story. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So, Suvi, your name is Hope. Hope is in the house. Hope is in the <laughs> studio. <laughs> so we receive Hope if you're out there. Amazing. <laughs> <was. laughs> <laughs> yeah. so Suvi, oh, tell us about yourself.
2: I mean, well, yeah, I think you gave a fairly good introduction there. Like, my name is Subi. Uh, I'm 23 soon, (laughs) in a couple of days. Um, And I, yeah, I love traveling. Uh, I spent a few years after graduating from university just exploring the world, and it was really beautiful. Um, Now I'm back, and I actually recently got a new job. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) So we give God praise.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I should be starting that uh, in a few weeks' time after all of the applications are processed.
1: (laughs) Is it about um, the marketing or something else? No,
2: it's actually an admin role in the NHS, which okay. is really cool.
1: Oh, wow, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Sobe, um, I know you, you've you grown up in this country, United Kingdom. That is true. <laughs> how, how was that?
2: I mean, it's had its ups and downs. Mm. <laughs> it's rained most of the time I've been here. <laughs> um, but no, I've enjoyed it. I think um I've I've I don't know I think I've been able to experience Uganda which is where I'm from um and uh the UK I definitely prefer Uganda but I'm not opposed to the fact that I was born here in the UK
1: have you been to Uganda have you visited Uganda? yes yeah
2: I was actually whilst I was traveling I spent three months out there um but then also like growing up we used to go every summer back to Uganda so it's always it's always a pleasure
1: Okay, did yeah. you love it? I love it. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Uganda East Africa well it is <laughs> Yes, but anyway, you're born here. So you're growing up, um, because it's different and you've gone to Uganda, mm-hmm. how do you find that?
2: Um, kind of the, the difference between the UK mm-hmm. and Uganda. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely big, like obviously in Uganda the the community is more together more like you feel it more everyone cares everyone's around and willing to be there for you um in whatever relation and but obviously in the uk especially london mm-hmm. it's a lot more like leave me alone don't talk to me okay. <laughs> so it's uh, it's very different <laughs> but i mean both definitely have their perks i mean london there's um the ease of public transport whereas in uganda it's full of traffic <laughs> but you know it's it's it's, it's a pleasure nonetheless and the food. Oh, of course, you can't get food. Ooh, <laughs> can describe how good that food is.
1: And because most of you are born here, you, mm-hmm. you, you're not fancy about. I mean, about the the food in in. I mean, Africa, Uganda, mm-hmm. or any other country, mm-hmm. you prefer the chicken, the nuggets, and. The <laughs>
2: Listen, I don't know about everyone else. <laughs> Personally, I'd rather have my toki. <laughs> oh. mm.
1: you're, you're one in a million. <laughs> honestly, you are you're one in a million. So, uh, Subi, you've grown up here. Mm-hmm. Life is different here, just like you said. Yeah. And the good thing you have visited back. I mean, Uganda, which is your home country. Definitely, yeah. But But um, growing up here, the education, mm-hmm. How did how do you find that?
2: I mean, yeah, it's been interesting, I think. I wouldn't say necessarily i've enjoyed having to be a student and study <laughs> but uh growing up i am um, i went to a few different schools uh in and around london and actually one outside of london um i went to um a good primary school that was um actually a christian primary school it which was a christian. Was, yeah um and that was i think it set the foundation which is great um and then i moved to a different school that um was kind of it was a girl's school and it was kind of well known in the area I grew up in Croydon uh, which is South London Um, and yeah I mean my time there was a bit interesting I didn't think I probably grew as much as a person uh, whilst I was there I kind of um, found it a bit hard because I don't know maybe I was maybe I was a strange kid or maybe people just didn't get me but I definitely had a bit of a hard time um, from probably ages 11 to 13 in school Um, I faced a lot of bullying and kind of just not so pleasant um, <laughs> times from people that I had considered friends, but maybe didn't necessarily understand friendship yet enough to be able to really establish what that was. Um,
1: Can you tell us more about that, the bullying part, and what what because you felt like that, and that means there's someone out there feeling the same way.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think there was just a lot of times where growing up, I was always looking for friends like and and anyone would like as a child you want to have people to play with people to hang out with at school and all of that kind of stuff but I don't know I think maybe I found that the people I chose to be my friends didn't necessarily value the friendship that I thought we did had and so a lot of the times either it would be like misunderstandings or it would be just generally kind of singling me out type thing Um, I think I found a lot of that in earlier years and maybe that kind of probably set me up a bit for when I was, like, moving into teenagers, as towards, the, like, the mindset that I would have when it came to friendships and, like, building relationships with others. Um, I know that kind of... I eventually left that school, thank God, um, <laughs> and went on to a boarding school, which I stayed at for about five years. Um, and that was in a place called Dorset, um, a little town called Sherbourne. But before mm-hmm. before you left here... Yeah.
1: Uh, w- we want to know. I mean, those signs of bullying. Yeah. Because you may be bullied and you don't know sometimes, and you feel like, oh, ah. I want to fit it. I want to fit into the society. Maybe these are the friends I need, and I need to fit in. But when they're actually bullying you,
2: okay. I think maybe okay. One one main story I do have is kind of there must have been a day that one of the girls in my year group who I would considered a friend. Um, she she must have told me. Um. Oh, on, on Monday it was, it was a Friday she told me on Monday there's a, a red shoes day and like everyone comes to school in red shoes and like that's just oh, like man. the thing so it would be like little things like that obviously yeah. it gets to Monday I come in red shoes it turns out it's not red shoes day it would be like little no, things like bad. that yeah like uh,
0: no. little,
2: I mean I think now I can laugh but at the time it definitely hurt um, but yeah it would be things where I would just constantly be singled out or even if it were a thing of I remember when I was 12 I, I had a birthday party or probably 11 or 12 and And my birthday is in the summer, so then when we go back in September, people Mm. tend to talk about what they did over the summer. And I can just remember like getting back, and the school friends that were there were kind of like, "Oh, Subi's party was so boring. Like her house was like weird, and all of this kind of stuff." And I think it was always just little little things that people Mm. would like either tease or kind of say that jabbed a lot. Um, And I think kind of navigating that as a kid was definitely hard. I think I didn't really learn any healthy habits to process those emotions um and I, yeah as I was saying I think that did kind of set me up a bit for the teenage years like when I would face kind of trying situations with uh friends in future like I, I mean thank god I kind of overcame that now and have learned how to um deal with emotions and have conversations with people but it was definitely a thing where as a teenager like those encounters with people made it very hard for me to not necessarily trust because I think I kind of fell into trusting people a bit too easily and then often mm. would get hurt like that but yeah it just made it hard for me to understand why why people were mean I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> why people were treating me like the way that they would treat me but yeah
1: were they treating them I mean other kids the same way or yeah no definitely I like
2: I, would, I wouldn't I would say that I was the only person being picked on mm-hmm. in that year because there were quite a few of us um at that school um and to be fair I think after a while I realized that the the group of people that were being picked on um, like eventually became like probably some of my closer friends (laughs) Uh, yeah like when I when we all kind of realized that that was what was happening we all kind of just came together and said you know what let's just be friends (laughs) as ourselves in and of ourselves because then at least we won't pick on each other like and that helped (laughs) helped. so
1: so, um, it's very very Um, It's a challenging time, especially... I mean, you're growing, you're turning to a teenager, Mm. and you're being bullied. I mean... You can't tell me it's Red Shoes Day. (laughs) (laughs) And then you turn up, because definitely everyone's going to laugh at you. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, and I've I've had stories of um, that same age, doing self-harming, going to depression. Did that occur to you at all? Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, and this this isn't even really something I talk about at all, but definitely when I was in year seven and year eight, there were moments of self-harm and, like... I think navigating that was weird. And it was even how I kind of came across it. It was definitely through, like, things I would see online, like, Mm. as to what it is and, like, all of that type of stuff. And then um, I got into a very bad habit of it when I was younger. And I would hide it from, like... First
1: to 11
2: years of age. Yeah, yeah, Mm. about 11 and 12 um, years old. Um, I'd hide it a lot. I'd had many things from my family around those ages, even into teenage years. Like, But, yeah, like... I think after a while it seems like with most things that are like that like that I would do that I knew were negative because I was already aware that it wasn't really the right thing to do eventually I'd get to a point where I'd be like okay stop and figure this out kind of thing and eventually I'd figure out and move on from that but I think yeah, like my, m- the first thing I did was once I got the opportunity to move to a boarding school, I jumped at it. Like my parents were kind mm. of like, oh, do you want to go a different to a different school? NFL. I was like, yes.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> and I think that was probably the first time I took initiative to get myself out of a situation that was bad. But I do think that also kind of sparked a spirit of run away from bad situations. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but again, I'm, I'm learning to overcome these things. <laughs>
1: so... Uh, self-harming you're doing yeah. self-harming mm-hmm. did you feel like you wanted to to commit suicide
2: um i would say uh, suicidal thoughts didn't really come to my mind until i was probably like 15 up until maybe i was 20 um up, up and before then it was kind of just the world was just a bit dark like it wasn't anything like the world is dark and i want to die like mm. <laughs> if that you, makes yeah, sense you're
1: putting in uh, you're listening to music that is da- dark. yeah yeah rock, definitely rock, yeah rock
2: <laughs> literally literally i had like a whole emo face. now i'm kidding but um yeah no i would i, I know that the music that i was mm. listening to at that time was really rather miserable and it would feel those emotions a lot um and i think that's one thing i've learned a lot like how much music can affect how you're mm. feeling mm. um which is very important to know
1: yeah, because the reason is why we are t- we are exploring more about this because mm. it's very common mm. and and just like you said, bullying mm. uh, resulted into um, you getting to that situation, yeah. depression, yeah. and then self harming, and you it happened for all that time. Mm. I mean, until when you're twenty.
2: Yeah, the, not the the self harm wasn't until I was twenty, but um the kind of just the negativity that was that mm. was surrounding my mind and like my heart was definitely until i was at least 20 because that's when by the time i got to 20 that's when i started to actively try and change my mindset if Mm. that makes sense and try and like seek god and seek light rather than dwell in darkness if that makes Mm. sense yeah
1: your parents um Mm. you come from a christian family i do yes so did you ever mention anything to them about the bullying to
2: be honest like when i was young it was always the classic mindset of parents just don't understand like they won't get it they i I can't talk to my parents about anything like i'm not like that was kind of my mindset and obviously now i realize that that was stupid (laughs) because your parents love you and care about you and want to be able to help you when you're having a hard time but no one can really know if you're not telling them um because obviously as humans we hide everything um but anyway yeah like i think um when it came to the times that I was going through, like the the, the suicidal thoughts and like all of the self-harm, I think I, I, I was just, I, and it's not even like a good thing to say, but I was just so good at hiding everything. I was a very like, and I think even if you look back at like the, I used to make a lot of YouTube videos and like all of this type of stuff. And if you look back at all of them, I kind of sometimes just think to myself, like, I must have lost my mind. Like, because in all of these videos, I look so happy and like life is amazing. (laughs) But the reality, the reality of it all was just horrible like i was so miserable and like i was just lying and constantly living through this facade of like joy and like happiness and everything's great and yeah oh my god life but it was literally like the genuine like i would go to bed at night and want to die like it was so it was such a a contrast and it was yeah it was really terrible like to to live in that life for so long was so damaging like yeah
1: (laughs) that was very dangerous it was now I mean, what if they could just find you when you're gone and they're saying, oh, so she was always so a like happy lady, yeah. she was yeah. always smiling and mm. everything. Yeah, it's really, really very impactful. I mm. mean, negatively, the bullying mm-hmm. from school. Yeah. And w- what what we've mentioned about um, the parents not knowing about it, yeah. it happens. I mean, mm. teenagers, mm. You, you're not so open with your parents. I mm. mean, you're not so open, especially when it comes to s- things like that. Yeah. What do you think is that? is the cause of that
2: i mean i I don't know i do feel like because it's not as if parents in general and even my parents like personally they don't it's not as if they aren't making channels open for us to talk to Mm. our parents like as kids like it's definitely there and you're definitely able to if the parent is willing but i think it always just comes down to the fact that you're so in your emotions when you're a teenager and you're kind of just becoming i guess kind of Alert of the world, like aware oh, of the world. You feel like and
1: you're you're grown up. Eh? Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> like everyone is kind of like sixteen, and I'm, oh, I'm so grown. Like I know everything. Mm. Kind of. I mean, not everyone, but the fair amount of people. And personally, definitely myself. And I think you get to a point where you just feel like, no matter what, like people aren't going to relate. Either I'm going to sound like a psychopath, and I don't really want to portray that to mm. my family, or like they're going to think that I'm miserable. Like it's like because I. I have this anyway me personally i do have this kind of thing of i hate being perceived like i hate uh, any type of perception that a person has of me i try to just be the opposite or like as soon as someone thinks they get the idea i'm like no i'm something else like and it can be it can be fine but it can also be very damaging Mm -hmm. and i think when i was younger it was very damaging because i was basically just living in a lie and kind of letting people think that everything was okay but when so it happy, wasn't happy
1: everything is okay 100% and yet and that I'm coping and that mm. Mm. everything is
2: healthy but it wasn't like there was so many things especially and I think almost to that extent without me even realizing kind of me moving to boarding school especially from 15 because that's kind of just when I started to wake up to the world mm-hmm. is it made it worse almost because then not only am I being able to lie but i'm also living away from home and like away from my family so i get away with everything (laughs) um and yeah i think it definitely made it harder for me to then go back and be like oh by the way mom and dad this happened in my life because there was already and not to say that i was disconnected from my parents but just Mm. physically i was not close like to them Mm. so it felt as if there was a disconnect even though there never was and they were always there for me um yeah it was kind of it was a weird time
1: um, it's it's very serious. I mean, being mm. a teenager and going through all that because mm. right now you're speaking to a teenager out there going mm. through the same same things mm. and sometimes you may not know mm. so are there some signs you can tell teenagers out there when they don't haven't realized that actually because the way you're doing it mm. are the ones that we have heard about mm. when they go into depression yeah actually for them they show it yeah they show it mm. they don't want to talk to anyone mm. they just want to be isolated mm. but for you it was a different case yeah actually i just got to know about it I mean, <laughs> that someone can really Act to be happy, yeah. and yet yeah. they're dying inside. Just, yeah. So, um, and there could be another person going through the same, same, same thing. Mm. So, um, what sign? What, what things were you? I mean, how could you? I mean, how could you? How could what did what were you doing to be those two things? I mean, to be happy, mm. but die, you're dying outside. And <laughs> I think it all started with like
2: like okay so, so to phrase it easily like kind of when I was 15 and like at school that's kind of the time where like the the cool kids and like every all of that starts to get established I would mm-hmm. say like at the school that I was at um and I think I kind of fell into a circle of friends who like I still hold very dearly to my heart um we're not so close anymore but it was kind of like everyone was into a lot of crazy things like smoking drinking like and for obviously you're young so it's crazy but because that was kind of the culture of the school I had fallen into all of that kind of stuff too I think I like and again I don't even speak about this stuff much but let's just get it all out on the table but um I definitely I definitely suffered with um a smoking addiction from 15 to 18 smoking cigarettes and with that came a lot of like hiding um, the, the the smell and like hiding me going up for a cigarette, like all of those types of things. And I think because I already had a spirit, like an, a, a, a habit of lying and like hiding things, mm. it then came to a thing of like, when it came to how I would feel, if someone asked, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Like, what's going on? Oh, not much. You know, just there, uh, I was doing this and that, and The other, like everything would just be easier to keep it surface level. Like, mm. and no one really... I mean okay there would be a few people here and there that would ask like what's actually going on and ask for like something a bit deeper than how are you but I think it just seemed like either way the answers that I was giving were so blunt and I was actually like t- for the most part I was quite a an, like a stubborn and like unapproachable teenager I would think mm. when I wanted to be so as much as I was very bubbly and like lively there would also be an element of me that was kind of like yeah what yeah so like you know like I just I wouldn't yeah, I would give nothing in a, yeah the attitude I would give nothing in a conversation someone would be talking at me looking at me in the eyes I'd be looking over here oh my mom used to tell me off of that so much but look at people when they're talking mm. to you but anyway um and yeah kind was of it because that
1: of the yeah like, well
2: I mean I think maybe it was more just a thing of by the time I'd gotten to that age I'd kind of established a persona at school where it was like, oh, I'm friends with, I'm, I'm kind of cool by association because I had a lot of cool friends, right? So I was like, so oh, what what I'm do, what friends do you with- mean
1: by cool? Do you know, <laughs> smoking, the <like> clubbing? <laughs> <laughs> so this was one, not cool. They're not clubbing.
2: As in, <laughs> as in okay, the way that it's described is kind of everyone mm. either way, like and everyone, and it was so funny because when we got to 16, that's when we started to bring about the statistic at school of, at our school, you, like 99 percent of people were smoking and the one percent 99 percent of people were smoking cigarettes like regularly on a daily basis and if you weren't smoking you're probably about to start, like, uh, or you just like you're probably never gonna smoke anyway. um And it was really weird because it just it was such, and I think maybe it's a British thing, but it becomes such a big thing. But anyway, and the like, teachers
1: weren't concerned about it. They were definitely concerned,
2: but yeah, we would again we would hide from teachers. So from everyone around me, I had all of these different lies. Even even drinking from a young age, like mm. I would tell my parents, oh, "I'm going to like a, a friend's house for a birthday mm. party." Obviously, and and there would be <laughs> there would be drinks, <laughs> and I think maybe the drinking thing wasn't as big of an issue. You because they knew that it was supervised and something like that but definitely like the lying that came from all of these smoking habits that I had it definitely made things like so much easier for me to just continue to lie about different things in my mm. life and yeah I think as I said, like it kind of progressed, it got worse. I became a very miserable kid, like I remember there was one day, like when we were probably in sixth form, the first year of sixth form, and one of my friends bless her she she kind of just pulled me to the side, and she like she pulled me into my room and she just goes um this was when i was in my like rebellious phase like Mm. i'd gotten piercings and yeah like 16 i got i got (laughs) new piercings i got this that and the other like i was just doing the most right for 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 the person who i was at the time Mm. and one of my friends she just pulls me to the side and she's kind of like oh like Super. I know that like we're kind of all going through this like craziness, like in terms of this era. But um, I hope you understand that I I can see that you're you're doing things that are out of character. Like I can see that you're this isn't normal for you, and like you're you're mm-hmm. you're clearly going through something, and I can see that. And that's what she said to me, yeah. and then she gave me a hug, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like. And I think I think in that moment I definitely needed to hear it, um, because maybe I didn't felt see, f- feel seen, but yeah, like kind of things like that those moments would only happen every now and then like besides that we were just out doing whatever and like kind of living our lives but yeah I think anyway the point is because of all of the lying that I had been doing it made it just that much easier for me to continue lying to almost everyone but I think things as they do started to bottle up and like there were so many things that I was kind of dealing with at that school where it just made it made it literally impossible for for me to really do anything and then like there was a breaking point kind of when my um my aunt had passed away um she passed away from cancer and um in 2017 when I was still 16 and I think at that point I was just like I just gave up like everything all the the cats came out of the bags everything just Everything just blew up from 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 the the all of the emotions that I had never processed came into that one moment and blew up crazily and it was kind of a thing of i, I had i think i was in my first year of my a levels and i t- failed was like it,
1: uh, the same school had you gone to the boarding school Yeah, or so or all of days?
2: this was at the boarding school so from when i was 13 up until i was 18 or 17 i was at that boarding school
1: and actually mm-hmm. in boarding schools here in yeah. this country i didn't ever think there could be things like um smoking, because oh. what I've had, <laughs> it's good to have it today. Yeah. I mean, what I've had is all this, yeah. this plain. I mean, there's not such a thing like. To be honest,
2: I think definitely it probably depends on the school that you go to in terms of the boarding school, but in general, there's a lot of freedom that comes with sending your child to a boarding school, and mm. I think especially in the UK. And I think mm. the school that I was at was kind of, it's it's a very well off school, and like kind of the peop my peers were definitely from like more well off families, and kind of like they like it would be like, it would be a thing that I just remember this one time, like someone that I know at school, like we would, it was a weekend and she just goes, oh, my grandma just sent me like two grand for the weekend. And I was just there like, oh yeah, (laughs) or maybe it was one grand, but still it's something crazy, (laughs) right? So I was kind of just there like, yeah, these are my colleagues. These are my school friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, um, but no, like it would be things like, and obviously me personally, there was no way my grandma was about to send me Mm. a thousand pounds. So we were living in different worlds, but we were all forced into one bubble. So, it was just a clash like constantly but and I think even dealing with something like that like knowing that I have a friend who can get a grand off their grandma easily whereas me I was probably yeah. getting like however many pounds a week just for me to get like a couple snacks on the weekend kind of thing um and it did me well <laughs> it did me well because I think uh, in that I definitely learnt that lives are different and like people come from different backgrounds and all of that stuff but nonetheless like it was still a challenge and I mean, because even with that, like there was the race aspect of things where um, being one of four black girls in my year was definitely difficult, too. But I mean, ultimately, it's like the whole experience of boarding in a school in the UK um, was definitely much and uh, more of a challenge than I'd thought it would have been like from age 13 I was kind of like yeah let's go and then I get there and there was just all of these different things that I faced that I didn't expect to face and um yeah I think I think from from the the from the time that I was like in that space of of just like negativity and darkness I think yeah like with the whole and then with my aunt passing too, I think the whole A-levels thing, it just seemed to just not really be a thing for me. Like, I I, I pretty much f- failed, like, the, the mocks and, like, all of that kind of part of my A-levels. And then it got to, like, I, I used to do loads of extracurriculars. I, like, dropped out of all of my extracurriculars. I started to, like, I don't know, like, the person that I, I ended up becoming, it was so, like... I don't know, I was just so dark and so miserable, but it was all because of the fact that I never took the time to just process my emotions and kind of talk to people about what's actually going on in my mind and in and my just, world. Uh,
1: sh- I mean, giving everyone, mm. the family, the people around you, mm. another year that you that yeah. you're happy, yeah. everything is okay, and yet...
2: yeah. The reality, the reality
1: was, was different. Mm. You want to die, mm. everything doesn't make sense. Mm. Our dear listeners, we have Suvi. <laughs> Subi means hope. So that's why we have hope today in the house, in the mm. studio. And when you listen to subi's story, it is, it is really, I don't know what to say, but... When you think about it, this is what our teenagers are going through. So, Sobe has told us she was going through m- many things, uh, especially from the age of 11 when she was um, being bullied, and then she joins a, a boarding school, they start smoking, she started doing self-harming, she was depressed, and even the others, she was showing the world that she's happy. So, we're going to have our break, when we come back, so is going to tell us more what um, what challenges she faced, um, and then how she overcame. And this is the hope for you. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. And enjoy the beautiful sounds of modern gold, sis by yoma
0: G24 Radio Streaming live to your favourite device
3: On G24Radio.com And on our mobile app G24 Radio Inspiring lives Building smiles Ah, uh, I love this song And I know it's really Love is more than gold, more than silver.
1: Welcome back. Those are beautiful sounds of um, Sisyoma. That song is called More Than God. Jesus Christ is our everlasting love. I know that you enjoyed Thank you all your listeners. It's g for Radio London, which is about inspiring lives and building smiles. And right now, it's My Story, Your Story with Caroline Ruth, which is brought to you by Reinforced Recruitment Limited. We... Give you the details earlier because of time i'll just give you the, the contact number which is um, the whatsapp number which is 74 but in case you have more questions you can also reach out um, you, you can reach out to us via our social media handles and our whatsapp number is 77 6058 by the way don't forget to keep sharing keep following us keep liking keep loving us our youtube channel is there i mean we are here for you if you need to get in touch with us you have a powerful story get in touch with us via our social media handles and yes we're here for you and before if- we have Sobe in the house. Sobi is a young, beautiful lady today. She's, her story is very, very touching. And I know it's mostly the teenagers out there. You, you struggle with uh, with bullying. You struggle with racism. Especially those, it may not be boarding schools, but anywhere. You may, with friendships and you end up um, finding yourselves into depression, and then you end up making decisions like you do smoking. So, we did all these things, but now you're going to know how she came out. So, that's why she's called Sobi, which that is hope. Just <laughs> do one thing stay tuned if your parents encourage your young ones to listen in because this is mostly for you, for the youth, for the teenagers out there. Because Sobi was uh, so doing self harming, she was smoking, drinking alcohol, and by the way, parents, she was even telling the parents, I'm going to visit my friend. But she wasn't going to visit her friend. She was going to do other things. Yeah. That's, so, but she came out. She overcame, which is why she's here today to encourage you. Mm-hmm. And so it comes from a Christian background. So, and you may wonder, oh, she's coming from a Christian background. And then she's doing these other things. So she's going to tell us what prompted, we already know some of the things towards bullying and racism. And, yeah, I don't want to take, actually, most of that time. She's going <laughs> to say it herself. Yes, but yeah, just stay tuned. And, yeah, so, sorry. I'm really touched by, mm. by what you went through as a teenager. Yeah. Bullying and <laughs> the, the things that you mentioned, someone mm. m- making you uh, put on red shoes. And <laughs> I can <laughs> I imagine myself how I could feel everyone laughing at you. Mm. And, yeah, you mentioned all these things and... You also that's you, you told us that the school you were, it was a boarding school. Yeah, ninety nine percent, they were almost doing the same thing. The mm. smoking mm. and, and then you told us about the racism, image. You, you were four black,
2: four black girls. Yeah, my yeah, the rest were white or a few Asian people as well. But
1: then doing these other things, everyone was doing it. I mean, the smoking, the drinking. The
2: majority, yeah, not the majority. not necessarily the other black girls. Mm. They were were pretty chill <laughs> but yeah. yeah it was it was crazy it was a crazy time
1: <laughs> <sighs> well and but had you stopped doing self-harming or you're still by then it? yeah
2: i would say i mean well I, I i i stopped self-harming but kind of because of a bit of like I guess body dysmorphia. I guess there were eating habits that were just really irregular mm. um, that I would had developed because everyone around me was kind of like tall, skinny, blonde, white. Mm. Like, like <laughs> because of
1: that school. Yeah,
2: yeah, because of that school. So there was definitely, and, and I think also light. <laughs> but I'm not white. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it felt like bringing um, Miss Caroline. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Gosh. Um, but yeah, no, I think. I don't know, in kind of just reflecting Mm. um, during the break, kind of just over the whole story, um, my whole story. um, One thing that kind of came to my mind is, you know, after you say the grace, there's the part that's like, let's declare uh, that we shall not die, but live and Mm. declare the works of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So I think the reason that came to my heart is, so when I was 16, the, the, the kind of results of all of those years of just trauma and everything was, my aunt had passed and i was in a dark place and mm. actually I, I attempted suicide i'd had overdosed on some ibuprofen um and that time Were you at school at school whilst i was everything at school everything
1: was at school not everything was fall. at
2: school everything was at school and obviously i was alone like i was in my room and i was in my head i just remember crying crying and thinking like no one loves you no one cares no one's interested and yeah the result was i did overdose and What had happened was instantly. As soon as it happened, I panicked. I was like, "What did I just do? What did I just do?" I run downstairs and tell my house my house matron, and she rushes me to the A and E that was near. Um, I'm in A and E. They're processing my blood. They're doing all of these checks and scans, like making sure that everything's okay. By the grace of God, nothing was found. Everything was functioning as if nothing ever happened, and even looking back at that moment and even so I fell asleep that night with my housemistress in front of me I woke up the next morning my parents were right there meaning they had drove driven overnight and it was like four or five hours outside of London The mm. school so they drove up they came and they were with me in the morning and I think yeah as I said the, the thing that's come to my heart is this thing of that we shall not die but mm. live mm. right so obviously in that moment everything everything every sign was pointing to death every sign was pointing to i need to die that was the only thing for me and i didn't i lived so now i'm just here like the only thing that is left for me to do is to declare the works of the lord Mm -hmm. he is he has blessed me with the chance to 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 share my story and even though it's been so up and down and so crazy and so treacherous like i know that as you guys have said it's it's something it's an opportunity for me to be able to touch someone else's life and kind of express that this struggle this thing of choosing not to not to express your actual feelings and talking and not explaining to people that things are hard and like you're going through something or anything like that it's only going to damage you and your mm. inside like it's only, only Actually, gonna, mm, you're going to before you go into that mm, just to take a little bit please
1: because uh, everything that you're doing mm. um remember you 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 come from a christian yes background. yes did you ever feel like um like oh i'm a christian some bit of conviction or something <laughs> maybe the bible stories that parents were telling uh-huh. you reading when you're sleeping that you shouldn't do I'll it be or so everything honest. was yeah.
2: i don't think i knew what conviction was until last year <laughs> <laughs> i think in my teenage years i was so stubborn and so like stronghead and mm. so just not willing to hear god's voice or hear anyone mm. that it was just a thing of even if there was conviction i wouldn't have paid attention mm. like it would not have been strong enough and to be honest it's even something i'm still working on to this day <laughs> where mm. i i i have this habit of until god is like screaming it in my face <laughs> i might not do it um even like but even even how you had come to ask me to even be on the show today like i part of me a big part of me was like no <laughs> oh. but the other part of me was like this is probably a once in a lifetime opportunity mm. and this is some a chance for me to really just touch other people and share what's been going on and have a chance to just be completely honest because genuinely as I've said this is the first time in my life that I've ever spoken this much about what has actually happened in my lifetime and I think even the people that are listening sorry to all my family that are gonna hear this (laughs) and be surprised I love you guys I'm sorry I didn't speak about it sooner but Mm. yeah as I said it's still an opportunity for me to be able to connect and share and declare the works of the Lord yeah. that have happened in my life. Because as I've said, there is no other reason for me to be here right now than for the fact that God has just ordained all of this. Yes, that's true. Um, from back when I had tried to take my life to just then now even giving my life to Christ and trying to follow him and trying to be in an actual relationship with him. Like all of this stuff is only because God has wanted this to be the way, like God has willed it to happen. And so therefore I'm just trying to continue to follow that. But yeah, I do think that it literally just all comes down to the fact that um, there's like, there's a verse in Philippians that I currently am very obsessed with, um, which is Philippians, um, I believe 121. <laughs> um, to live is Christ um, and to die is to gain. And I'm kind of just there like, yeah, that's just what I want to just keep living for Christ and living with Christ and living in as much as a Christ-like way that I can. And I think in doing things like, with the story that I have, with the crazy things, with the the, sm- the smoking, the drinking, the self harm, the misery, the depression, all of these terrible things that I've had to endure, are making for a testimony, and I'm still I'm still building this testimony through.
1: Yeah, because I was going to ask you, how mm. did you overcome that smoking, I those addictions? Even
2: that, like, so the smoking. I'll be honest, it's been. So I think when I was 20, I stopped smoking cigarettes, picked up mm. vaping, which is a disaster. Wait,
1: uh, <laughs> please talk more an about an absolute
2: that. disaster. <laughs> and if anyone ever tries to tell you that vaping is better than smoking, it's mm. a lie. It's a lie. It's such a lie uh, mm. because there's so much more nicotine. It's the addiction is faster, and you don't know what is in those chemicals at all. So already, I mean, obviously, smoking it's a bit more like proven what is in it and that it, it will damage you but because not th- there's not enough science yet it's like this generation is the guinea pigs if that makes and, sense and your
1: generation mm. many are vaping yeah and they've told you uh, there's this mentality that's mm. uh, placed in your minds that mm. w- if you're struggling with smoking mm. you can turn into vaping yeah but it's not now you've it's done not it true. yeah
2: like <laughs> now that i've done it all no but honestly like the whole vaping thing definitely is much more damaging because we don't know mm. the actual science behind it yet like it's still too early to know how much it's gonna affect you as you grow older um but no i think all of that like yeah so I've, i had stopped vaping um towards uh, i think in about um, about may this year was the last time that I had vaped. And since then, every, I don't even drink too much anymore at all. I think I drink like once a month now. Okay. Well <laughs> and done. yeah, like I'm kind of just on a path of just trying to remain sober and kind mm-hmm. of just, instead of seeking like joy and pleasure in those types of things, just know that me as a person, I can be very fun. Like I don't need to have enhancing things to experience life in a different way. When the reality is like, if you just choose to enjoy something, mm-hmm. Even without having to drink, without having to smoke, you can still, you can still really enjoy stuff. <laughs> so,
1: you, during that time, have you been yeah. going to church?
2: Yeah, no, I mean definitely. I think because I, I joined uh, I joined Liberty, uh, at the church that I go to. I rejoined it like probably towards the end of last year um and yeah I've been trying to be more active in church and try to serve more I think mm. I found my heart in youth ministry yeah, um right. my place in youth ministry heart whichever um and yeah, yeah. I think it's something I've become very passionate about kind of mm. just because seeing seeing youth that are like so on fire for Christ is something mm. that I find so incredible because as I said like every time I think about the way that I was living as a teenager and then look at the way mm. that they, they can live, I'm like, now nah, more kids need to know about this. Yeah. <laughs> they need to know about this Jesus thing so that they don't fall down into this world thing because the world thing is rubbish. It's <laughs> totally <laughs> it's rubbish. It's miserable and it's rubbish. Mm. But the Jesus thing, there's so much life and joy and enjoyment in, in having a relationship with Christ from early um, so, yeah, that's. So, you that's can the imagine cool solving
1: how, I mean, how when you were still in the other world, mm. I mean, smoking, mm. drinking, I mean, how the devil was convincing you mm. that it can satisfy you. Yeah. But did you ever get satisfied at all?
2: No. I I <laughs> no, not even. I got a lot of, so, I yes. used to sing a lot at school and then I'd be smoking. So I got like vocal nodules. I got a lot of illnesses mm. <laughs> because of it. And even when you drink you get hungover. Like there's never a positive towards those things. Like even if it's just for a few moments of greatness, you'll get such a terrible downfall after that it's just never worth it.
1: How could you handle it when you go back home? For holidays.
2: The smoking? Yeah. And this is the thing, I I still don't even really know. Like, there would be times where if I would go to, like, London to see friends, maybe I'd smoke and then just plaster myself in perfume. Or it would be a thing of, I would just go to cold turkey for however many months I would be at home or weeks I would be at home and then just go back to school and get back onto the smoking thing. But, yeah, it was was such a, like, terrible lie. Like, (laughs) a well-planned but just bad thing to lie about but yeah
1: so what do you say to the teenagers who are going Mm. through the same Mm. challenges i mean
2: i think for as much as you can just just avoid it it's not like try not to put yourself in situations where you you have to like you have to be around people that are doing those things if that makes sense, try not to. And if you are in that situation, just try to remove yourself from it. And again, if you feel like you can't remove yourself from it, then just try to. I mean, obviously, everything is just about trying as as much as you can try to not do it, as much as you can stop yourself from being like, oh, I'll just have one cigarette. Like mm. for as long as you can and for as much as you can just be like, I don't smoke. I'm good. Like, I don't want that. There's other things, even not just smoking, drinking, too. But there's other things that you can do to to socialise because again my, the thing at school was it was a very social activity people mm-hmm. would go and smoke and it would be like a social smoking blah blah, blah 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 but yeah I think as much as you can just avoid it all and if you can't avoid it then talk to someone and, and, and let them know that that's what you're struggling with like if it genuinely becomes an issue for you talk to someone and tell them like whether it's a a sibling an older sibling a cousin an aunt an uncle uh, your parents if you can or just friends that you know are actually going to support you not friends that are going to be like oh it's fine it's only a cigarette like Mm -hmm. you know like friends that are genuinely going to help you to pattern up help you to do better better than um talk to them and get advice from them and seek accountability because that's really the best thing for it
1: so with you, did you ever talk to someone after?
2: Yeah, like after a while, I started to, I opened up to my siblings and I def- and like a few of my cousins. Um, and I think it definitely became a thing of, I was able to have people holding me accountable for it. And I was mm. able to... That was good. Mm. Mm. I think accountability is always key in, in anything that you do Correct. really. Because once you have that, then you know that it's not just you in this. You know, you're not alone. And I think that makes it easier. But yeah, I think as soon as you have people that you can talk to about it and talk t- through it with things get easier
1: <laughs> so um so it's very important for mm. when you're going through such challenges mm. and you're having addictions to talk to mm. someone 100 percent. but the person has to be real genuine mm. Th- that person has to say that if it's a no and it's a no mm. not when it's a no and that person tells you a yes mm-hmm. yeah so that's very important that you, you afterward you spoke out yeah. and how did you feel actually after speaking out? It's funny because I, do I keep hiding <laughs> all of that for a long time. Yeah. I do
2: feel like there's always a sense of relief, like once you once you let go of all of your lies. And like once you just start to live in in truth, like that makes things easier. It's definitely it's definitely not um like always fun. <laughs> and sometimes it comes with a lot of like um telling off and a lot of like you shouldn't be doing that. Did it? Like, a lot of kind of talk that comes from a place of love but nonetheless it's always better than suffering in silence or it's always better than like building everything up bottling everything up and just waiting for it to explode so yeah
1: so yeah um i know i know there's a lot to talk about <laughs> for sure <laughs> but because of time but I briefly tell us um mm you going through all these kind of things and mm. you come from a christian background mm. did you ever even feel like i don't want god anymore
2: <laughs> no definitely i think probably mm. <laughs> from the age of like 16 to maybe 17 18 i definitely just like said oh god isn't real like he's not he's not there for me he doesn't care like um and i get it all, a lot of this um came from the back of my aunt passing it felt very abrupt and Your very sudden mm. yeah and she was such a strong woman of god and and yeah, you could feel and know that she had so much love in her heart and I was kind of just like how could you do that that's so unfair like mm. all of this stuff um really just made me kind of just completely disconnect and I think to be honest with myself I would say I'd probably only really started to like fall in love with God and kind of mm. choose to have a relationship with him maybe a year or two ago um and since then it was like when I was younger it was more just a thing of oh, my family goes to church so I'll go to church like and it was more just because that was the way I was raised. So I knew church and I would just go because I was going, but I'd never really go because I wanted to learn. I wanted to understand. I wanted to have community, but now I would say that it's completely different. Now I genuinely care. Now I genuinely want to connect with other Christians, like Mm -hmm. really, really, really want to. Mm -hmm. And now I genuinely want to actually walk in the calling that God is giving to me. Um, But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think the changes has been so needed and so, Like important, but I'm happy it's happened.
1: And in few seconds, what do you tell to teenagers who are facing peer pressure? Mm. Because your school also contributed to you getting to, I mean, making you go into smoking. And in few seconds, what can what advice can you give to them? Wow, I think
2: one thing that I would find yeah, no, definitely. I think one thing that I would find is there's um with peer pressure as well nowadays because everyone is kind of aware that it happening. It happens. Um it's, you gotta be careful about the environments that you allow yourself to settle in. Like there's mm. this um, this story of, or an, an analogy, I guess, whichever it's called, of a frog, um, where if you try and put a frog in like boiling hot water, instantly it's gonna jump out, of course, because it's hot. Like, mm. why would a frog wanna sit in that? But if you put the frog in some like cold water and just slowly boil the water, mm. you let it get hotter and hotter over time, the frog becomes acclimatized to the temperature and eventually you'll boil the frog and the mm. frog will die, right? but it doesn't notice that it's happening because it's just getting used to the temperature of the water right um and i think that kind of sums up a lot of what peer pressure is like nowadays where it's like maybe at first it doesn't seem like it's going to kill you or damage you or do whatever wrong it could do to you but over time as you kind of just become more used to it it ruins you like and it really does so i think as long as, as much as you can avoid it try to avoid situations that are going to put you in harm's way in future but obviously hindsight like only comes in the future so it's it's difficult but I think just if you if you are Christian then just keep asking God to give you discernment of who you you are handing hanging around and if not I think just, Ask God anyway. (laughs) anyway. (laughs) Because he'll still help you. (laughs) Whether you believe in him or not, he's there and he cares. Um, But no, I think, yeah, like discernment is a very important thing Mm. to have and it's hard to have at a young age, but ask God to just keep, telling you is this right just is this the right place for me to be in are these the right people for me to hang around and if if you're not choosing to ask god obviously then talk to people around you yeah. oh just keep talking just
1: talk. just keep talking talk can talk and talk. talk some more please we are here for you please talk.
2: right here right here for you
1: and and so is here for you as well definitely but advice you get in touch with her Sally. please, do she, please can, do she can talk to you so <laughs> just pray for the teenagers who are going through the same situation mm. and anyway, we Lord
2: um me okay yeah. so uh, so dear lord jesus um i thank you for this time that you've given me to be able to be on the show and kind of just share my story and share with everyone um what life has been like for me i pray that this story is able to help and bless and just encourage someone anyone whoever it is even if it's just one person i pray that they're able to really just have some type of um encouragement from this and lord I know that right now is it's and also just any time of being a teenager is hard and challenging but I know that you you know the plans that you have for us and you care for us so dearly and so deeply and um in in this time where we're, we're young and like our minds are easy to be manipulated and easy to be kind of just changed and and confused I pray that you just continue to to show us your your grace and show us that you don't have to continue to go down this path of destruction and you don't have to um be in a an environment where you feel like you won't be able to 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 control what you're going to do like I think I pray that you just continue to to help the the children the, the youth to to just come to you or come to whoever they have around them and just speak to them and share and just continue to talk because as soon as we start to bottle things up as soon as we start to keep things to ourselves, that's when we really start to struggle and I think as much as we can avoid it, Lord Jesus, I pray that you help us to be able to do so and help us to just be able to turn to anyone around us to just talk and just share what's going on in our lives and our minds and our hearts. I pray this all in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so very much. So it was such a great honor to have you today. Thank you for you having have me impacted us and I know lives have not remained the same our dear listeners we had Sobe in the house <laughs> Sobe was doing a lot of things but now she is Sobe hope for the teenagers out there and people out there who are still struggling with addictions just do one thing mm. Just always take you on to G24 Radio London. Mm-hmm. We love you so much and have a blessed rest of the Sunday evening and a fruitful week ahead. Mm-hmm. And so we will wish you a blessed journey back home. Thank you very much. And we you got your many. family. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. once again for coming to my story, story. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have, have a blessed bye-bye. evening. Your love
0: is
3: My life of me, my life of me, we Now the brand new me can say